Podcast. My name is Romy. And I'm Sandan. Thanks for joining us. Now that we have season two officially underway, in this episode, we catch up with two absolute trailblazers in the South Asian Australian dance scene, Anjana Chandran and Shashi Sandan. We spoke about so much with these guys, from their artistic backgrounds, different South Asian dance styles, their goals with their insane social media followings, and what we can do in Australia to bring more exposure to the creative community, plus so much more. And it was also so wonderful getting to finally record with our guests in person again. We hope you have as much fun listening as we did recording. Before we get into this episode, if you're new to us, welcome. Be sure to check out our 26 episodes from season one of our podcast, where we covered topics like relationships, colorism, mythology, and gender roles in films, with guests like Devda Patanaik, Elfresh the Lion, and Nadia from Indian Matchmaking. But for now, let's get into the episode. Sashi and Anjana, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Full disclaimer, Sashi and I go back a little bit. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I was one of your first friends in Australia. That's definitely true. I don't know if you remember this, but we were at um, <laughs> my uncle's place. And this was like early 2000s. Here we go. And then remembering and shit that no one else remembers. Yeah. So my uncle's become like a second dad to Sashi. And he introduced us and there was like two minutes of like this awkward tension. And the next minute we're just like <laughs> wailing on each other with those cushions in this yeah. place. You remember? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you remember? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't say this enough, but so proud of how far you've come and how much you've grown on and off the stage um, up until now. Yeah. And I don't know, we go back ages as well. Yeah, it's yeah, It's been yeah. about 15 <laughs> minutes now. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it's been awesome to see how much you've grown as a dancer as Thank well you. and all the awesome content that you're putting out. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, and it's weird because I've known of you for many years now because I know your sister through yeah. uni. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I'm not surprised because all brown people know each other. That's true. <laughs> but at the same time, again, it's awesome to see how much you've grown as well. Um, but I guess Sandin and I know about the two of you, but for the benefit of our audience, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm Shashi, Shashi Sandin, as I usually go by my Insta tag. Uh, I'm uh, Ulam Thamalin, um, just a dancer, just a self-taught dancer. And yeah, just got a bit of a love for hip hop and South Indian styles. And I like to mix it up here and there. And that's essentially me. Well, I'm Anjana, Anjana Chandran, since we're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a dancer choreographer. I'm classically trained in Bhardhanatyam. Now I kind of run an event choreography business. And I do workshops for dance. And yeah, I create content online that's typically based around dance. So I think one thing that really shines through with both of your content and seeing you perform live is the passion that you guys have for your craft. Um, how did each of you get involved or how did dance find you I don't actually remember a specific point where dance like started becoming a part of like who I was. I think it was just always there in the background. Like my mom told me I started like shaking my butt at like three months old. And my, <laughs> I was like sleeping and like listening to some Madhu Dixit song. And like my butt was like moving around. <laughs> like, I hope no one's watching this video. <laughs> so I was always like into dance and like my whole family is quite musically inclined. And in South India, Carnatic music and classical dance is such a huge part of our culture. So it started quite young and hasn't stopped since for me. Mm. Yeah, awesome. I'm interested to hear your story because I actually don't know this. For the mm. almost 20 years that I've known you, yeah. how did you actually get started in dance? 
Yeah, honestly, it's like I started with Appa putting me in like Tamil school dances and stuff. And I wasn't really big on them, to be honest. I did them for a long time till like 13. And then after 13, I got a bit of like recognition for being a decent dancer. I'm like, how good are you when you're 13? I'm not like one of these superstars. But um, it picked up from there. And I think if I could pick a point, it was when I was about 16 where I like auditioned for like a competition, like a Justice Crew thing. And I got this huge amount of support from my school, yeah. from like the community in Canberra, because that's where I grew up. And um, it was just like, wow, okay, maybe I do have something. And then yeah. from there is when I started picking up. And I think there was like moments where it kind of just pushed it and that momentum, like that passion got bigger. And then I think the second one was when I was about 21 and I went to London and I saw like the diaspora there, yeah. like killing it. Like yeah. all of them can dance. Yeah. And I was like... I am just another dancer here. Yeah. And then that pushed me to like do some more stuff with the yeah. It's funny, like I'll be having a conversation with him and it'll be like a serious conversation and then he'll just start moving his body. <laughs> and I'll be like, dude, are you listening to me? And it's like, yeah, why? I'm like, you're dancing. It's like, oh shit. Like I didn't even realize I was dancing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So is there like a song running through your head when yeah. you randomly start like think, dancing like I that? Every, I think every dancer has that though. Uh, yep. We have songs, but I don't think I'm like talking to someone and just like, <laughs> <laughs> doing that, like a little roller away or like a mudra in between. That's interesting. Yeah. I like That's that. so interesting. So Shashi, it sounds like you kind of like fell into the world of dance. Yeah. Would you say that there was someone who inspired you along the way? I think as most brown boys, they'll be like Prabhu Deva, straight yeah, up. You know? of course. Yeah. Um, Michael Jackson, as a performer, definitely yeah. he's crazy. Chris Brown is a crazy dancer as yeah, well. That guy great. can do all kinds of um, you know, movements. And yeah, it's mostly those two. And like Vijay. Yeah, oh, Vijay's a great dancer, yeah. yeah. He is. But for you, Anjana, you had a more formal yeah. type of dance training. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for me, when I think about Bharatanatyam, my first inspiration is obviously you seek, like, that inspiration from your teacher. Yeah. That's yeah. who you adapt and learn your style from. Um, but if I'm looking, like, in Bharatanatyam itself, it's, like, the greats, like, Shobhana and, like, yeah. you know, Rukni Vijaykumar and yeah. um, Urmala Satyanarayan. And, and now the younger generation, there's Harini Jivita, if you guys have oh, heard of her. She's God. amazing. Yeah. Just exceptional. Um, and then when it comes to like other styles of dancing, like Bollywood or Kutu, it's like South India was filled with like just a yeah. lot of talented dancers. Like Vijay off the bat, like I loved watching Vijay. Mm. Shriya Saran, I don't know why. When I was young, I used to watch Shriya Saran a lot and be like, I want to dance like her. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. I feel like if you ask me at different points of life, there'll be new people. And True. right now I think I'm just inspired by everybody around me, like yeah. Shashi and everybody else online. Yeah. Did dance always have this massive influence in your identity? Right. Or was it something that you kind of connected with later on? No, I think it's just always been a part of my identity. I even think like if I ever stop dancing, I think people hopefully will always remember me as somebody who likes dancing and is mm. like really entwined with dancing. If I was young, it was always like getting aunties and uncles to sit down and like, I'm going to put on this show for you for like the next hour and I'm going to dance and I used to force people to sit down <laughs> and watch me dance. So it's just a huge part of who I am. Yeah. 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 Do you think you would have been as connected with your South Asian heritage if you hadn't done dance? That's really hard to tell. I'm not really sure. Because you'll never be know, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't know. But it, it did play a huge part in, like, connecting me. Like, if you think about Bharatanatyam, for example, it's so much about storytelling of our ancient texts and yeah. stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. how I learned about the Hindu sacred texts or religion and the gods was all through Bharatanatyam. And yeah. sometimes yeah. I feel like I know a lot more information than a lot of my elders because, like, when yeah. I used to challenge my parents and be like, well, did you know this story? Yeah. And they were like, no. And I'm like, I learned that because of dance. Yeah. And that definitely was a huge part of connecting me to my culture yeah 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 that's something I, i'm very envious of and like learning our culture yeah. there's so much in there that we've got to carry forward right yeah mm. i yeah. love that a lot of my because yeah. i got obviously other dance friends as well and like all of them that do badanatian their knowledge 
just on another level. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's never too late to learn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, I'm not that flexible. I'm pretty sure if I want to be a good one, I've got to go back in time like 20 years. So <laughs> be molded by Your TV's getting wailed on me by Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure I won that anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> um, and I know you touched on this actually, Anjana, about how, I mean, obviously dance is so significant in every culture, mm. um, but if you kind of zoom in to the South Asian culture in particular, um, there's so many dance forms, right? I mean, dance is a way of connecting people. It's a way of storytelling, like you mentioned. It's a way of connecting yourself to your language and music. Yeah. Um, we wanted to kind of quickly summarise the different dance forms in the South Asia by throwing some dance styles at you guys okay. and getting you guys to <laughs> like... <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Bounce back and forth. Bounce yeah. off each other. It's just like a one. <laughs> sentence on like the context of that dance form um and where it would most likely be performed or like what region of south asia it's from yeah. okay. are you guys ready sure as ready as i'll ever as be honestly, yeah. <laughs> right now. so as a better than our team dancer we'll start with you yeah. um tell us a bit about better than our team yeah so there's about eight classical dance forms i think roughly in south asia whether it's you know katago um odyssey Kuchipudi, Bharatanatyam, Mohiniyattam, Kathakali. And Bharatanatyam is quite an old classical art form from the state of Tamil Nadu. Uh, and it started off sort of like as Dasiyattam, so temple dancing, um, and then was reformatted later on by Rukmini Devi. Uh, and that's the format we kind of know it as today. There's different schools of Bharatanatyam. It's really rich. Uh, there's mudras, which is known as hand gestures, so storytelling of ancient texts, like I mentioned before, is a huge, huge part uh, of Bharatanatyam. Yeah. Mm. Anything to add on Bharatanatyam? <laughs> I love watching it. <laughs> no, I have the utmost respect for Bharatanatyam. And I think one of the things with Bharatanatyam, it, it carries so much, like, what is it story? Like, one time when I went to Toronto, that I saw was very unique to Toronto dancers, is that before they start dancing, they actually touch the ground Namaste. and yeah. pray. Yeah. And this is not Bharatanatyam dances, oh, or dances. Wow. Oh. This is, I'm not talking about, like, just Bharatanatyam, this is everyone. Yeah. It's also interesting to think about the connections between, like, indigenous cultures and Bharatanatyam. Yeah, because I it, heard that. It, you know, getting your blessings from the earth before you start performing yeah. mm. in Bharatanatyam is very similar to what they do in indigenous cultures. Right. Yeah. You guys talked about that on your podcast before with, I think, uh, the Bindi, Bindi bosses. bosses. Bindi yeah. Yeah. Bosses. I found that yeah. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, next dance form. Let's go. Kathakali. Do you want me to take this yes, one? Yes, 100%. Uh, <laughs> as a Malayali, you have to. Yeah, <laughs> I figured you'd answer this one. Yeah, so it is an art form that is founded and originated from Kerala. I love Kathakali. You'll find this usually performed at like temples and stuff. The interesting part of Kathakali is that it's actually traditionally performed by men. So even the female roles are taken on by men. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't learned Kathakali, but from observing, they tend to sit really low. They tend to put their feet a lot wide apart, whereas Bodhanatim, we don't yeah. set our feet wide apart yeah, yeah. Um, and it is Kathakali is really heavy on, on its facial expressions and while that is important in Bharatanatyam we do have a lot of um, more focus on our steps and our lines mm. and our mudras um, and another interesting part of it is the time and effort that's taken into sort of the, the makeup mm. and the costume yeah. it's one of the most chilling and beautiful art forms to watch yeah. do you know much about like the what they do with why why is the green face no, why i wouldn't be able to tell you okay yeah. Oh, yeah. i feel ashamed <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go no, home no, and my parents are gonna be like you don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so i mean it has to be something to do with the storytelling yep. aspect yeah. of it as emotions. well emotions yeah. Yeah. yeah um shaji tell us a bit about kutu yeah, see, the thing is, is Kutu is a, a more like a street style, right? So there's no s straight discipline. It's quite 
it evolves a lot because there is no strict guidelines. Yeah. So there's like Dapang Kutu, there's a Ghana. Ghana is essentially like the song behind Kutu. Yeah. So you have Ghana Kutu. Um, and it, I think from my knowledge, this is, it's a very rich source in Barat Chennai, which is like North Chennai, where it's kind of like really like the, the streets of like yeah. Chennai. It's really like a rough part, but it's quite integral with like celebration. And I think people kind of look at it because it is Barat Chennai. It's quite like a low socioeconomic kind of mm. profile there. So they do look down on it sometimes. But Kutu obviously evolves from the streets and is used to yeah. celebrate. And it's so funny because I feel like Kutu is such like a South Indian or like Tamil thing. Whereas mm. when other people watch like a bunch of like South Indians or Tamils like dance Kutu on a dance floor, they're like, what the hell is yeah. going on? <laughs> like my boyfriend is not Tamil and he like went to one of our parties <laughs> once and we were going off to Kutu and he was like, you guys are so sad. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What the hell is going on? So it's so, so funny. Right. It's like in our blood or something. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> it feels natural yeah. for me. Yeah. And exactly. I'm like, just them, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you mean you can't yeah. do it? <laughs> um, another one, I guess, going north a little bit is Bhangra. I've done Bhangra. I've been yeah. to a few Bhangra classes, but Bhangra is actually a little bit different. It's actually quite disciplined. Yeah. Um, and I have a few mates in Bhangra crews. Those are intense. Yeah. Those guys train hard. They go nuts. And there's yeah. a very strong Bhangra scene in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. And they travel and they have comps. Is it? Base. Yeah, base. Yeah. yeah. Base have comps. They go internationally yeah. Yeah. for competitions. I mean, I think Bhangra is predominantly originated for their harvest season and stuff like that. So right. it's so good to watch. There's oh, my yes. God. It's insane. The colour, the yeah. energy. Like, it gives me the same vibe of, like, obviously it's not Kutu. But, like, when I watch Kutu or I see Kutu, I immediately want to dance yeah. and I want to have like I want to be and match that energy and yeah. I feel the same way which I, when I watch Bangla except I can't do you it can't, like that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gotta learn it yeah and they have Literally. they have all these extra yeah. stuff right yeah. uh, my Bangla friends are gonna kill me for calling the it stuff, stuff. <laughs> yeah and then the stuff with the flags it's, yeah. yeah it's so it's good it's insane yeah, yeah. it's mad um, what about Garba Garba, so there we go. We go to Gujarat for Garba, done during Navratri. I like have done Garba, but usually that's me like going to the festival and yeah. watching my Gujarati friends do the dance in the yeah. circle and sort of like looking at their feet going, okay, all right, yeah. okay, we're doing this and then it'll switch up to another pattern. I'm like, okay, now we're doing this, I guess. And the crazy part is they can do Garba for hours yeah. and hours and it's insane it's so beautiful yeah. to watch um a group of people come together and do the exact same yeah. thing it seems like it's like out of a bollywood movie yeah um, but the last couple of times i went to goba i had blisters all over my feet because like, <laughs> you don't stop yeah. yeah i remember they used to have those like goba events yeah like this Bungra is years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god this is like seven yeah. years ago it's so bad um and the last one and Angela, you mentioned this before um how about katak Kathak, like it's obviously originated from North India. Mm-hmm. Again, a style I would love, love to learn. The feet um, is like very different to Bharatanatyam, so yeah, it's been very challenging beautiful. when I have tried to sort of dabble in it. It's similar to all the other classical traditional dances in the sense that it did sort of start with like temple dances and things like that. And I think it just from in history moved to the, the court of ruling houses and was done like that. But I love seeing it in movies. And um, it's also danced by men and women. So yeah. that's amazing too. Yeah, yeah it's crazy because um, we've spoken on the podcast before about how much diversity there is in South mm. Asia. Yeah. Even if you take India, there's so many... You go to the next village and the culture is different, the food is different, the language is different. Um, So it's just crazy to think about how many different styles there actually are that we're not like fully, for me personally, I'm not fully across because I'm not exposed to it as much. Um, And how the different dances play different roles in different elements of a culture and storytelling and lifestyle as well. Um, So yeah, love your explanation about it because I'm learning so much. Thanks guys. (laughs) Um, But I guess 
I guess from that, we've spoken about the different types of dance in South Asia, but how has that played a role in connecting you to your roots? So for me, I think Kutu wasn't so strong. I actually was more stronger with hip hop. Right. Um, it was just something that I felt. Kutu is something I've, I've always done here and there. And then I think when I did a trip up to London in 2017, I just saw the, I guess, how like the London Tamils can really do both and not like, you know, lose out on the other one. So up until then, did you, were you in this kind of like mind frame that two different dance styles are too different and yeah. they can't be blended together? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I'll just be like wow. hip hop. And then this is, this is Kutu. We don't do hip hop to Kutu music and then Kutu to hip hop music. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just like that. And then when I went there, they really opened my eyes up. I'm like, okay, let me try this. And that's where like urban Ghana, like that term comes from, where you mix mm. both those up. It hits, hits everything. Yeah. yeah. It just hits the spot. Yeah, um, that's so yeah, for sure that helps me like connect back because it's just like, okay, this is me. And then I think from my following right now is that they genuinely like when I do like hip hop to Tamil music. Yeah, I was just I about that. to say, it's awesome yeah. because it's not just like the dance form itself doesn't have to be Eastern or South Asian, but yeah. you're doing it to South Asian music, which yeah. is still a way of connecting to your culture, yeah. right? Like you get the language, you get the music yeah. and all of that. I think one of the things is that this is how I see dances. Like I'm a very visual person, right? I yeah. feel like every dancer has a natural rhythm and it's like a natural language. For me, it's like hip hop, right? So that's my how I talk. So when I hear a song, that song translate through my body in like a hip hoppy way. But that's how I see dances. Every time I see have, someone. You might bring words into that language from other languages. Yeah, yeah. Because you be like, just, just like some certain things. Like for example, if there's like a, a like a ringing sound, I always like like a, I can't obviously show on I can't show. I'll be like I'll just like ring like that, like yeah. things like that. But that that's not a hip hop step, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, you see yeah. like things like that. Um, I think it's you see that in classical actually yeah, a fair bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like those kind of things you just incorporate. That's so yeah. interesting. And how about you, Anjana? In terms of connecting it to my culture, yeah. yeah like I mentioned, it was such a huge part of learning about like mm. my culture. But again, like I said, because dance was never like not a part of like my life when I was younger like I think the society or like the environment around dance has completely changed here now yeah but when I was younger and you'd be like going to both the not classes or missing things because you have to go to a dance thing people are like why yeah. are you such a, such a fob like yeah. why are you doing that yeah. it was such a, such a bad thing and I think maybe back then we were trying to assimilate a little bit and yeah. try to fit in. Mm. And if you watch other people be bullied, you were trying to steer clear from that. But yeah. I was always really loud and proud of it. And I liked right. watching Tamil movies. I loved watching Malayalam movies. I loved watching like Bollywood movies and um, learning dance and watching dance um, from different subsections within India itself. So yeah, it's just always been a huge part. And I'm really, really happy now that people are a lot more loud and proud. People yeah. are putting things out there. If you put content before, you were annoying people. Now everybody wants to put content and get recognized. So yeah, it's a huge part of who I am. And that I think makes me very desi. And like Shashi said, he also does, you know, kutta with hip hop. I tried to do both and I do him to like Beyonce's brown skin yeah. girl, for example, yeah. because it's like my two worlds. When I, yeah. when I live here, I used to like listen to Beyonce and I grew up really admiring her as a performer. And the fact that I can kind of tell a story of one of her songs through something that's so important to me, which is yeah. both him. It's like a game. It's incredible. It's like everything just coming together yeah. in a really beautiful yeah. way. Obviously, you are a trained Bhadanatyam dancer, and we've heard a little bit about the backlash that you sometimes can get through dabbling in other dance forms when you are a trained classical dancer. Yeah. 
No doubt you've experienced that. I'm just going to assume you have. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, look, I don't actually think I even dabbled in like Bollywood or other dance styles properly until uni, maybe oh, because really? of that very reason. Right. I tried to compete a little bit in high school, but even when I did it, if I did Bollywood songs, it was very semi-classical choreo. So right. yeah. you do your little mudras <laughs> and whatever you do on the left side, you do on the right side. So it was very traditional in that sense. Um, and a lot of the arguments back then from the community was this sense of like dilution of like your dance form if you expose yourself to yeah. another dance style. But like what I found is that when you do dabble in other art forms, you have a better enhanced understanding of your own dance style. Yeah. For me, mm. being able to distinguish between Mohinat and Bhardhanatyam was so essential for me to know that in Bhardhanatyam, I need to make sure my body is upright. I need to make sure that I'm not shaking my hips and very like firm and your feet are grounded, mm. you're sitting low and your body's held right. Whereas when I started learning Mohinatyam, I learned that it's about feminine movement. So you need to have lasyam, which is like moving and swaying of the body, which is not something that you find typical in Bodhanatyam. So there has been backlash and, you know, people are always going to have their opinions. When I look at the history of Bodhanatyam, for example, like in every step of that history, it's always been changing to survive, like the art form, right? Yep, yep, yep. So like I said, it was Dasyatam and then later reformatted. So for me, like when I did Brown Skin Girl yeah. and I did the Bharatanatyam um, sort of choreo to it, I had people from so many different communities reaching yeah. out to me going, can I do this? Is this allowed? Mm. What is this art form? Yeah. And to me, that's like more people being exposed to Bharatanatyam. Yeah. Yeah. So I try now to shift the focus onto the positives of doing that rather than exploring the backlash because there will be traditionalists who want to sort of uphold the tradition and that's fine I still think it is important to sort of pay respect and make sure you're learning it properly and everything yeah, like that I'm not I'm not saying don't go do yeah, it like yeah. learn it and just whatever do whatever you want but yeah I think there's a healthy balance there yeah yeah, definitely. yeah. do you feel like there's anything you've learned through Badanatim and the other dance forms that you've learned that you're translating to just day-to-day life so like for example with Badanatim because you need to be back straight yeah. your Good posture's posture. better uh, yeah. yeah so when I used to like when I started gymming like a couple years ago and I was like you know doing like this is me doing gym movements <laughs> <laughs> I've been out of touch for a while <laughs> Um, but like a lot of people would be like oh your form's really good and I'm like is it yeah. like I know this is the first time so even when I went to a physio they were like oh your posture is quite like upright and things like that so I, I do think there's a lot of benefits and when I started doing Bollywood dance and I was doing it with a group for Bollywoods and stuff like that some of the girls would be like oh I really wish I learned both and I didn't because there is a sense of discipline it makes it yeah. easier to do other dance forms um, because the foundation is so strong you learn lines so in, when you're doing steps it's like muscle memory because you've trained all your audibles and things like that yeah. so it makes it easier to do uh, other dance styles and also sometimes not as easy um, mm. but yeah that's awesome mm. I know um, a conversation we had uh, you injured your knee a few years ago mm. and because of that you were out of dance for a while and that really took a big toll on your mental health yeah Damn. it is rough because it's like any injury people always go a bit dip but then i think if you're a dancer and you can't it's almost like i can't talk it's like that mm. you know it's like it's the yeah. best thing you can you know you can't express how you really want to express yourself but yeah it took some time off yeah. but yeah that was a bit of a rough period mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so like, it's almost like a release for you <laughs> right like it's not just a hobby it's very much part of who you are. Yeah. For sure, for sure. It's really hard to control myself at work sometimes. I'm just like, oh, oh you know, just, like, just make sure you're not... In the middle of meetings, <laughs> yeah. just like... Just like, like yeah. yeah. And then, like, 
Yeah, it's hilarious because you're just like doing your work, but in in your headphones you're just blasting like kutu music, like like mati coming. Yeah, or something like that. But yeah, it's definitely definitely a part of who I am. Um, I think anyone that meets me would definitely know that. Um, if you know the second meeting at least, the first meeting I try and keep myself still as much as I can. But yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Um, just going back a little bit, like for you, I know you found dance at a young age, personally, but. I think there's something that our community's gotten better at, mm. but still could do a better job of, is like teaching your kids an art form mm. without explaining the why behind it. So you're just doing it because you have to tick the box of doing an aggregate mm. room, or yeah. like you're forced yeah. to do it out of routine, or they they're taught in a very strict, rigid way. Yeah. Um. But what would I guess your message be to the kids in those situations where they are forced to learn an art style, um, where they haven't done it out of their will, but they're yeah. doing it for their parents without understanding or finding the beauty in it. Yeah, I think no one really enjoys doing anything that they're forced into doing, right, generally. So I talk about, like, the parents as well in terms of if you want your children to dabble in Indian classical art forms because it's really important to you is, like, at that young age is getting the exposure to it, trying to incite interest. Like, how are you going to get them to understand why it's important to you, why it's important to their culture and where they come from? So, like, when you're young, taking them to Bharatanatyam recitals, if that's what you Mm. want them to learn, and showing them the greats in Bharatanatyam and telling them what Bharatanatyam means, where it comes from. So you yourself then need to have that understanding to be able to tell somebody else why they should do it. That'd be my advice. But if you are a kid that's stuck in that situation, talk to your parents. (laughs) (laughs) Tell them why. (laughs) Sounds like a hotline number's coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just digging. I feel like even with our podcast, just digging a little deeper, you find so much beauty that you don't understand on the surface. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, young people tend to not understand that anyway. Like even, you know, me... 15, 20 years ago, I didn't have as much appreciation for my culture as I do now. Mm. So I feel like for some people, there is a bit of forcing that happens when they're young, but then eventually they grow to love it and they're really appreciative that their parents force them into what they force them into at a younger age. So it's so difficult, I feel like, to like find that balance. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for my experience is that I think we experience that more in Australia because it's very like one kind of culture. It's just like, white culture right yeah um so it's hard for us because we it's like you don't want to stand out like a sore thumb right mm. you're gonna get banged down mm. so that's one of the things that you you experience here but then i think like anjana said before like we've broken that barrier now especially with like social media oh, yeah. you see what others yeah. are doing and it almost seems like they're close by yeah. yeah so it seems like oh then if they can do it i can easily yeah. do it yeah it's definitely changed like the the scene in sydney specifically over the last seven years huge change mm. Yeah. Right, and this is this is one of the pioneers we're here with. All right, right? Okay. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good story because I think you're both pioneers yeah, in that sense, where sure. you're using dance as a platform to do, uh, you know, beyond just platforming yourselves as individual dancers, right? Mm. Yeah, I think for me, at one point, I wanted to stop just being a dancer and wanted to kind of be a bit more of like, um, like I want to find something for everyone to connect through, right? I wanted to create a kind of a culture at. What I realized is that when I went overseas and traveled and you experienced other places that we can do the same thing here. We have like the materials to do it. We have the people, we have the people that like can dance, can do these things, are talented, right? It's just we're in a different geographical location. So it's to create a blueprint and inspire people to not do what I'm doing, but why don't you do you, right? Mm. That's how I see it. Um, So like, for example, me, how I started was with, like, baby steps. Like, okay, you know what? They're doing workshops overseas. All right, let me start teaching workshops on, like, a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I think I started in 2017. 
They were like, so you're not going to like teach like one routine for 10 weeks? It's like, no, it's like every week, come yeah, in, routine. I'll teach you a 30 second routine. It's just get it. And then that way it's like no ties, no commitments. If you come to this week, you don't have to come next week. You don't have to come. You, you can come every week, you know, great. Mm. But it's just to get people thinking. And it's like, I put myself out there so that other people can be like, all right, listen, if he can do it, it's just, it's just Shashi, right? So if he can do it, then I can do it, right? Mm. As Sandan, I can do it, right? As Romy, same thing. So that's what I started with. And then I think we pushed it further and further. And um, we had other people start doing workshops. Then we did Ghana Galata, GG. Yeah. And Angela was there. That was actually pretty cool. That the fact that you were there. Yeah. Um, for anyone that doesn't know what Ghana Galata was, it was a show at the end of uh, 18. Um, and we brought down uh, an artist from overseas, like an international artist. That's something that we've never done yeah. before. It was something that the South have never done. And actually, one of the things that did inspire me to push the South, as when I say South, I mean like South Indian, right? Um, is that the North, North Indians are so established in oh, Australia. Yeah. They're Bangra, they're Bollywood, Gabra, yeah. like you were saying. Yeah. They're so established. And I didn't even know Anjana was South. Because <laughs> oh, she really? did so much, you did so much uh, North stuff. And I yeah, was like, I I was like thank you yeah. for having more stuff for yeah. South Indians. <laughs> I was able to join. And then, you know, we started doing more South stuff and more South Indian um, artists emerged and stuff like that. Um, and now, honestly, like I remember when I, when I started, it was probably a handful of people that I can pick out. Like yeah. on a hand, like five, four artists that actually posted, right? There was so much posting fear and people still have that. Mm. Mm -hmm. But it, I think the barrier to cross that is a lot less now because it kind of gets diluted, right? Before it's like you put it out, you're putting yourself out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so It's a lot yeah. more common now, so yeah. I guess there's a bit less yeah. fear. Why do you think that there is less exposure or there was less exposure for South Asian Australian artists versus in the other parts of yeah. the world, like North America and Canada and stuff? I think here it's just we didn't have someone to follow, mm. right? We didn't have people to break that thing. So we had people that break new ground every time. Yeah, It's like any sort of new territory. I think even in Canada and um, America or London, there were people who did the same thing. Did it, but right? just before yeah. it happened yeah. here. And there was more yeah. people there to take the risk and fail yeah. and learn from it and keep going. Here, um, from what I can see, the people that came here, a lot different, right? The ones that went to like London and France and Toronto are a mix. So there's people that don't have the best education that um, are willing to try and fail because that's the only chance they have, right? So they, they really like push with that. So I think here, since everyone's like study, become mm. a doctor, become an engineer, <laughs> don't deviate from the plan. <laughs> don't deviate right? the plan. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's hard for us to kind of find a, a different thing. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, it's like sometimes people just get passionate, obsessed, right? But yeah. now we learn that we can be professionals and yeah. we can be creatives. Mm. Yeah, but I, I also really do think Australia is quite a young country when you think yeah. about it. We're just like first generation, second generation immigrant children. So I think we ourselves are still trying to find our footing, whereas yeah. you'll see in America and stuff, they've, they've been there for ages. Mm. You know, they've yeah. really had time to build that community. And I think, like Shoshi said, we've really been seeing a shift in the dance community for the brown community, I guess. And yeah, we're seeing more and more people do it. And then we have, you know, pioneers like Shashi really setting the tone. And so we have a lot more people now to look up to. And then again, technology has made it so much easier. Yeah. It's like, like you said, I do feel like some of the people that I follow in America and, you know, London or Canada are right there. And it yeah. just feels like the proximity feels so different. So I'm like, again, if they can do it, then we can yeah. do it. Why can't we? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know, actually, how did you feel about like putting stuff out there? I used to put stuff out there a lot of times. Yeah. And it usually was on my, you know, personal page. And um, 
back in uni times, it was like, you know, there were a subsection of people like, oh, really supportive and like, oh, you're really good and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But then there was a lot of like back talking of like, you know, the little gossip sections of like, mm. why yeah. is she doing it? It's a bit embarrassing, yeah. right? And I remember when I decided to start my, you know, business, because I was doing choreography for friends and stuff mm. like that. And I decided to do a business page. I kept it on my personal page. And I remember it was really embarrassing. I changed my name to Anjana BCD, so ABCD, uh, which is meant to be <laughs> yeah. Anjana Bollywood Choreography and Dance. And there was a lot of mockery around that name and stuff. And, I, and then I stopped doing it. And then I think it hit me. I'm like, why do I care? Why do I yeah. care about what anybody thinks? I love this. Why yeah. should yeah. I not do it? And like, that's just really generally been who I am as a person. So yeah. I started my business page. I still get nervous when I post. I still get scared. Anytime I hit the post, I'm always like having a panic attack. I'm like, oh <laughs> my God. So I put my phone down, I go away and then I come back and then I'll reply to a few people and then I'll put it down and go away. Um, which this year going into it, I'm trying to like yeah. lay low and not be really stressed or focused on yeah. that. I honestly wouldn't have expected that yeah. because oh, really? you come across as someone who's so confident. Yeah, people confident. say that yeah. all the time about me. Yeah. I think fake it till you make it. I think it is important yeah. to yeah. be confident and like, you know, what Shashi was saying, like when, when I started, it was starting off as a business and then people enjoying my choreography. I was like, oh wow, people like watching. So let me create more of oh, my dear. own posts. Yeah. And then when I started doing workshops, I realized how much I love doing it you know how mm. much I love when girls come into my class and whether it's considered a taboo dance I don't know you know brown people have a perspective mm. on certain dance styles and seeing them come to the workshop and I think the last workshop I had they did have a girl who came and she was kind of like a bit teary because she wasn't sure if she could do that yeah. and then by the end of it the girl was twerking and I tell yeah, you she yeah. was <laughs> killing it so and for me to be able to have like that small impact of like just making one person confident enough to yep. move their body and yeah. express themselves is such a big deal so the whole fear of sometimes being like you know should I post this should I say this statement should I wear this outfit will I get backlash about yeah. this sometimes yeah it does stress me out to post it but when I get all of this and I get to like yeah. make a change the reward or, from doing yeah. it you're thinking more about yeah. the bigger things as opposed yeah. to you and how it makes you look yeah, yeah. 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 and I think one, one of the things that with Anjana like you can tell like I guess if you're I guess in the game for a bit you can tell <laughs> um, sorry I had to put a deep voice on for that like when someone posts for the clout as opposed to when someone really like feels what they're posting like yeah. when you post now I see like that genuine stuff Right, it's like it's coming yeah. from a place like I like what I'm doing, Thanks. and you don't care, yeah. Yeah. right? Like, because when you really like what you're doing, you just post it. Like, I don't care if I get ten likes or ten thousand yeah. likes. This is me. Yeah. Do you think of that mentality as well? Yeah, I was about yeah. to ask. Yeah, yeah. I think when I was a lot younger, I used to be like, oh, "Am I getting likes? Am I getting likes?" I'm yeah. looking at, and um, you'll think that dancers are very confident, especially because they post. But yeah. you'll yeah. understand if you hang around enough dancers, we are the most like self-conscious people of yeah. all time. They're like, "What are you doing? Are they looking? Are they like, it's self-critical it, as yeah, well? Yeah, very self-critical. And when you dance, you make the mistake. People might not notice, and you will see it. You, that's yeah. the only thing you see in the video. Yeah. You're like, why do I do that? Why is my hand like that? Why is my face like that? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. no. Anjana, Anjana, you can see that genuine, like, you know, post now. Yeah, it's I mean, awesome. I think yeah. you can I mean, see both, both of you. you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, like, to your point, you can tell when people are just doing it for clout or because they genuinely love what they do. And for the both of you, it's, yeah. it's so evident that you love what you do. And that's why you're putting it out there. And I think that's when you start to grow as well, mm. right? When you're putting it from a place of love yeah. Yeah. rather than, you know, for recognition or yeah, clout. for sure. Yeah. It's And it's not sustainable as well. Oh, like yeah. Because yeah. it kind of puts you in a bit of bad uh, spiral. Yeah. You're like, okay, I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything, yeah. you know. You just start yeah. putting it for yourself. You're like, hey, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 You feel good. Yeah. So Love it. Uh, so speaking of that, what do you think we need more of just in general in the art scene? Like it doesn't have to just be to do with 
dance in particular, but we've talked about how in Australia, you know, we're just growing and starting to get that exposure. But what do you think we need to be doing more of as individuals or as creators? Um, overall, I think everyone could just put themselves out and not stress about, you know, what to expect back. Kind of find an uh, internal reason to post as opposed to look for, like, external, like... Um, yeah. Um, it's something that everyone can get involved in. And the, for the ones that are already involved, think about sharpening your craft, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been in the game and you feel like you're plateauing, there's probably a reason behind it. Um, you can go to workshops, you can learn things. It's about how to become better at what you're doing. Like, yeah. com- like sometimes you look back at your own stuff and you're just like, wow, really? I put that out there? Yeah. And then now you look at it and like, wow, damn, that's a big growth. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. I mean, I think what our community do- is doing now is what we should just continue doing, which is yeah. like collaborating and like really helping each other out and there's a lot of support in like at least the online platform there's a lot of dancers in Sydney that I just haven't even met in real life but Mm. I've been talking to them online especially during the lockdown period so I think yeah just more to Shoshi's point it's just like keep doing what we're doing hone in like continue to help each other I think some people are a bit more reluctant because there aren't many people in the game as (laughs) (laughs) the deep voice (laughs) yeah I think there's been some hints of like a little level of competition but I think there's space for everybody and I think it's important to just sort of help each other out and like you know if you're here then extend your hand get other people up and I think that's the most important part yeah yeah Yeah. I I think for sure that's actually a good point because I think this competitiveness is good because it pushes us but at the same time it shouldn't be like a like a like a toxic yeah. Yeah, yeah. what we need to understand is that it's not a limited thing we're competing for like yeah. the attention people are on their phones all the time mm-hmm. it's not limited just because mm-hmm. I shared Anjana's video mm-hmm. doesn't mean I can't share someone else's video yeah. Yeah. Right, and promote it that's the same, thing same yeah it just yeah. because I share Shashi's video and I don't share somebody else's doesn't yeah. mean I don't appreciate the that's work well. so how are yeah. we also like when we manage support is like managing our expectations around yeah. that yeah. As, as well yeah and I think as a community I think what everyone else could do is actually show love and share it because mm-hmm. yes the dancers will have each other's backs mm-hmm. and I think we've seen that lately mm-hmm. like it's just nuts one person person and everyone's like all right on it yeah. you don't have to ask you don't have to do anything mm-hmm. it's just good practice um, but if it comes genuinely from the community because people do appreciate it right yeah. people appreciate it they comment it but just that one share will go a massive way yeah. in terms of building an up-and-coming dancer's confidence. And that's, that's why if I see, like, young up-and-coming yeah. dancers, I'll, I'll share it, yeah. you know. Obviously, it has to be a certain level of quality. Um, but to also make sure you edify them and, you know, help build that confidence. Because yeah. I remember looking back at my stuff. I'm like, if that community back in the day didn't get behind me, if my upper didn't get behind me, mm. then I wouldn't be. I'd just yeah. be an engineer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons why we want to get the two of you on is that yeah. because one of the things we really appreciate is that the way that you guys operate is kind of like, I'm going to build myself up, but I'm also going to turn around and pull up the next person yeah. and bring them with me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's amazing to see you guys build that community in that way. Mm. Yeah. I think another thing, and we've spoken about this and then now and like some other episodes we've done as well it's like in our community there's often this thought that there's only one seat at the table like there mm. can only be one south asian dancer there can only be one south asian entrepreneur or like podcast or like whatever yeah. but that's not the reality there can be many of us there yeah. can be 10 of us on that seat yeah. pushing each other and like bringing everyone else up like why does there have to be only like certain rooms for like one asian person one african person one no, brown yeah. person like it doesn't have to it be it all that starts way. from like the representation culture that yeah. we have with yeah. what we see on screen and in the boardrooms right yeah. so an example of something we can control is what's on social media yeah because right? yeah. that's where we can share our voice so mm. what you guys are doing is awesome what's your um i guess big picture goals mm. in terms of where you want dance to take you and not not just as a dancer but as an artist 
Yeah, I think for me this year, the focus is like, at least last year, I think I got a bit intense during lockdown. I really burnt out. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then like, I got like, again, a dip for my mental health. So I took a lot of time off. And in that time, I think I was watching a lot and consuming a lot of content, which is not what I was doing before, which was I was creating content. Mm. When you consume, there's so much you learn and you take yeah. away. Um, so my next focus is continuing the workshops because I know it brings me a lot of happiness mm. and I can see that it's also helping a lot of people as well. Um, and yeah, I want to now this year try to focus on collaborations and learn other different art forms as well as sort of whenever I'm creating my own content is make sure it's probably around personal themes. There are a couple of things that I want to talk about this year. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be my focus moving forward. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, definitely taking from Anjana. Man, she goes hard in lockdown. You, like, it was lockdown content for real. She was just, she blew up. Like, this girl, honestly, congrats on, like, breaking so much ground on Instagram. So, yeah, um, I think for me, learning from Anjana consistency, I wouldn't mind getting up there. Um, at the moment, it's more so posting for myself. Um, for me, I think I've taken a backseat in terms of becoming, like, a, a dancer per se. And I want to kind of build a bit more of a platform for other people coming up. Um, one of the projects right now we're working on is kind of a closed workshop. So it's not open to everybody. We're just a select few dancers from the community. Um, the intention behind it is to create shape to the community. So right now, initially how I thought of it, seven years, from seven years to about two years after that, it was kind of like the budding, right? We were creating interest. We were creating creatives um, in terms of dance specifically. Then we pushed to the competition, which was Ghana Galata. And that yeah. really created a massive change in terms of momentum and like how people put themselves out, creating crews. Now I feel like we're in a stage where everyone is starting to come onto the scene. We need to create a shape where it's not just um, everyone's in this clump, right? There's people up here, there's people in the middle, and there's people at this level. And what do they need to do to come up, mm. right? So we create that kind of the shape and show, okay, you want to be on this level, you've got to create content like this, you've got to be able to post like this. And be a solid dancer, right? You can always, always improve, yeah? So that's the intention for me this year is just create shape. Yeah, that's dope. So it's a more of like a lean by example, example. Right. sort of strategy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And um, at these like workshops, what we do is like, it's just one one person comes in, teach. Next month, a different choreographer. Like uh, we're bringing up some people from Canberra for the next one. It's the end of each month. It goes for two hours. The choreo is chill and we teach like a 30 seconds. So we actually, since everyone's a solid dancer, we literally smash it back in like 40 minutes and then we have another like hour and a half to just to chill and talk. Yeah. And, and like last time we had a lot of knowledge sharing, right? So it'd be like, what app do you use to edit? How do you edit? Yeah. Um, what are good times to post? Things yeah. like that. And like sometimes um, you cover those like knowledge gaps that you didn't know you had. Yeah. And you're like, what? You can do that? Yeah. And you find out from someone else. So yeah, that's what I'm excited for. Yeah. So, that's like super amazing to hear. I think that's something that Romy and I want to do with podcasting yeah. long term in terms of our 2022 vision is like, how mm. can we grow to be beyond just a podcast? Mm. How can yeah. we diversify? Nice. Um, but in terms of for someone who's listening, who isn't a part of this community, how can they get involved? How can they get started? Um, reach out to people, I guess, would be the first step. I think like, don't be shy. Don't be hesitant. I think a lot of the people in the community right now are also very willing to help and support. And like, usually like people will message me and be like, I really want to learn this art form. And it's not something that I know, but I know somebody who could teach you that, yeah. you know? So just reach out, reach out to anybody. Someone will help. Yeah. 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 Just depends on what level, even if it's just fun, you just go to a workshop, right? Mm -hmm. so we've got plenty of people doing workshops. Anjana, Sakshi, yeah. Um, yeah. there's always stuff popping up. You know, DNA's yeah. did one on Saturday, but yeah. Yeah, don't. So in season two of Suck In Between, we're going to change things up a little bit. And rather than ending our episodes with us asking our guests 
what a recommendation they have for our audience would be. We thought we'd leave with a more thought-provoking question, which our listeners could also reflect on and share with those around them as well. So our question for you, Shashi and Anjana, is what's something that you believed as an 18-year-old wholeheartedly, but you don't believe now? Um, I, I think I like roughly t- kind of talked to Romy about this before as well. It's like at 18, I think uh, my idea of like the passage of life is like you go to school, then you go to uni, then you graduate, you get a job, then you have to marry, then you get kids and that will be all done by 25, <laughs> you know, and speaking as somebody who's past 25 and not saying what my number is, um, is that, that that didn't happen obviously. And uh, I think the older I get, the more I l- realise that these boxes that, we had to tick off like Mm. who created these boxes you know why were we told that we couldn't step outside of these boxes Um, and what does it really mean to do all of these things what's our motivation behind it so for me I think wholeheartedly at 18 I thought that that was what I Mm. wanted and I think as I grew older I realized no I don't want a lot of these things that like society or our culture told us that we need to do or we should do Um, so yeah I think that's what I've learned yeah that's awesome yeah, I think that's a, a very good point, Anjana. I think, fair enough, um, I had a very similar view. I didn't think that uh, creative side was going to be a big aspect of my life. Um, so I think it was just quite like just a very plain vanilla kind of life. It's like work, grind, you know, yeah, end up with someone nice. And yeah, I think now the creative side is like there's more to it. I think um, it's I've changed my view as instead of just being just on you, try and focus on what you can leave behind. And I think the best way to leave behind is kind of influencing as many people as you can while you're here. Um, I think that's the change for me, big change, um, is just create community. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think at 18, I, I believe that the only way you can leave a legacy is to be famous. But something that I've come to terms with now is that you can have such a profound impact on the world around you just by influencing who you can and doing mm. what you can. Yeah. Um, but as an 18-year-old, I, th- I thought, you know, you had to be, like, everyone had to know your name for yeah. you to share a message mm. and for it to be heard. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That's me. Yeah. Um, my one, I think when Anjana and I were talking about this before, the point you brought up um, was one that I could resonate with. I thought I'd be, like, married by the time I was 25. I'm 27 yeah. this year. I'm not engaged. Yeah. Um, so, like... I think it's more so like the flexibility of life, which you yeah. don't realise at that age. Like, yeah, you think that being 23 is so old, mm. like when you're 18 and it's like it's not. Like I felt like a kid when I was 23. Yeah. Um, I still feel like a kid yeah. now. So yeah. <laughs> like it's just that flexibility and just like it's good to have a plan. Like I'm like a very type A person, like I need plans and stuff. But at the same time, it's also good to be flexible and let life take its course yeah. and do what you can during that period as well. So I think that's probably one. I feel like a lot of people could resonate yeah, with that. Yeah, for word. sure. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I like this way of wrapping up an episode. I know. I like it too. Yeah. It got well, deep. I liked it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Ajahn Sashi, Thank so guys. much for joining Thank us. You. I'll be at a wedding reception next weekend where both of you will be at. Yeah. And I will be required to dance there. And I'm really not oh, looking forward to that. Yes. To this. <laughs> Can I please beg of the both of you to drag him up and make him dance? Yeah, because do he just, just doesn't. <laughs> He, he, like, runs away. I remember at my 21st, there was this, like, dance-off bit. And he, like, ran up to the stage. And then the hosts were like, oh, now it'll be a dance-off. And he just ran back to his chair because he wanted to avoid <laughs> oh, it. No. I still remember that. This is so long ago. So you guys have to force him. You should come to I one know, of my workshops, I know, you've seen me dance. Man. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think it's loose. okay. 
Just got to loosen the shoulders. But you don't have to be good, right? Just loosen the shoulders. Loosen the shoulders. Yeah. Maybe after the recording, you can give me some tips. Well, thank you so much, guys. It's been so fun to record and to record in person. has been so good as well. So we appreciate your time. Yeah. It's awesome to be here. And you guys are doing really, really great with the podcast. As I mentioned before, I listen a lot. Good job. And I'm really, really excited for season two for you guys. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Yeah, 100%. You guys, the growth over the last year, crazy. That's so cool for such a short period of time. You can tell Thank they you. don't take compliments. <laughs> yeah. They're just like staring at you going, when will you wrap it up? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, you can find us on Instagram at stuckinbetween underscore podcast. You can find Anjana at Anjana C underscore choreography and Shashi at Shashi underscore Sednan. Make sure you check out their content. Their energy is super infectious. We'll catch you next time where we talk all things weddings. We'll see you then. Bye.